Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It is 5.51, and uh, the cars on Rock 102. So today uh, should be a pretty, pretty nice day. Uh, let's see here. I've got it uh, I've got it written down. Mostly cloudy, the chance of a stray shower or a thunderstorm. But if you look at the uh, Weather Channel website, the uh, percentages are never even above 50. Tomorrow, on the other hand, is a whole other story. Cloudy with uh, thunderstorms likely. This tropical storm that came up uh, through the coast is going to hit us tomorrow big time. Sounds, so, oh, that sounds fun. No, it's really not because uh, bike night was supposed to have uh, Aquanet tomorrow night, and that, that doesn't look so good anymore. Uh, the Stern Square, the uh, Court Square concert probably will be canceled again. So, um, yeah, that sucks. 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Bax is out this week. Dave Coombs from Laser to 93 is here in the studio with us. Hi. And uh, how about some Hollywood trash on Rock 102? Uh, someone pretending to be Ben Affleck sent chicken-topped pizzas to Alex Rodriguez, but the guy misspelled Ben's <laughs> last name without the K, so it was just A-F-F-L-E-C. Like Aflac. Yeah, I was going to say that it was the duck sent it. <laughs> right. The uh, prank. Maybe it wasn't even chicken. Maybe it was duck. Could be. The prankster spent about one hundred and forty-one dollars from an online Florida company called Bulls, Bears, and Squares. They somehow knew the address of A Rod's rented Hamptons mansion, but didn't leave a note. I guess we'll never know why they were call- calling him a chicken. Uh, I want to know about bulls, bears, and squares. Well, they're pizzas. Yeah, but I mean, is this a pizza chain? Uh, yeah, home of the home of the stuffed pizza. It sounds like you can get the cold ones delivered to your house too. Wow, that sounds or or have them delivered to A Rod's house. Yeah, well, uh, that's kind of creepy, actually. If you're the recipient, why you wouldn't love to have somebody send you a nice? Hot, toasty pizza? I don't if think I, you'd eat it, would you? If I was famous as A-Rod, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody knowing where I live. Well, no, you wouldn't, but if they did know. And yeah, I'd eat it, Dave, as long as it was wrapped. Do you eat the food that listeners bring? As long as it's wrapped. Mm. Uh, Daniel Craig is worth uh, about $160 million, which means that when he dies, his kids get nothing. <laughs> because he doesn't believe in inheritances. He says, quote, I don't want to leave great sums to the next generation. I think inheritance is distasteful. My philosophy is get rid of it or give it away before you go. Isn't there an old adage that if you die a rich person, you failed? Is that also his question at the end, or was that yours? That was his. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know about giving it away. You're going to give it away. Why not give it to the kids? In other words, give it to charity? Or both. I, my stepfather believes in what he calls a warm bequest. While he's still alive, he likes to give money to his kids so he can watch them enjoy it. That's not bad, right? I suppose. Yeah, let's let's watch you. Let's watch you blow it all. You know, you can blow a thousand dollars at Disney World just like that. <laughs> uh, Craig and his wife Rachel Wise uh, have a daughter together who will be three next month. He also has a 29-year-old daughter from a previous relationship. And Rachel has a 15-year-old son with her ex. Uh, so, none of those kids are going to get nothing. No. Eh, well, you know what? Uh, I think by the time Daniel Craig dies, he may be broke anyway. Really? 
Yeah, well, he's going to spend it all. Yeah, exactly. In a recent interview, Lizzo finally revealed what motivated her to drunkenly slide into Chris Evans' direct messages. She said, quote, I saw a video of him hollering at this black girl. It was like a paparazzi video, and it was old. He was outside of his hotel. He didn't know anybody was looking at him. He was Christopher Jamal, okay? Lizzo added, quote, there's just something about that face. When you come up to a black woman, you gotta cor- you got to come correct. And when you come correct, there's nothing more attractive. So I said he got a little bit of, he got to gain okay, okay, a little bit. Okay, I'm okay. single. All right, that's, that's all we need. What do you mean? Uh, it, well, first of all, if you don't come correct, the, nobody's going to want to talk to you anyway. Uh, secondly, Lizzo and her her uh, quotes. Mm-hmm. Nah. Well, she's uh, she can't all be the read the greats, Captain Highbrow. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> listen to you. Uh, by the way, John, to your question about Bulls, Bears, and Squares, a Daytona Beach, Florida-based company that ships frozen pizzas all over the U.S. I've actually already been on the uh, website oh. and left it by now, Cliff. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> all right. Uh, we all know Bob Ross as that gentle joy of painting guy with a soothing voice and com- comforting afro, but apparently there's uh, some kind of dirty secret behind the scenes that we didn't know about. And it will be revealed in a new Netflix documentary, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Ooh. Nice try. What, try to get you to watch exactly. something like that? Yeah. Netflix released a 20-second clip yesterday that says, quote, We want to show you the trailer about Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed, but we can't. Then an unidentified voice says, quote, I've been wanting to get this story out for all these years. The movie hits Netflix a week from today. Bob died of lymphoma in 1995. He was only 52 years old. Wow. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, that's not going to draw me in. I'll read the story the next day that talks about what it was. um, He's become quite popular in the last probably five or six years after his death yeah there's there's board games with but there's bob ross board games b-o-r-e-d yeah that too Mm. and um it's it's just i think it's kind of amazing that somebody who died 20 years ago 25 years ago is still uh no again again becomes famous right you know it's not even it's not even the still thing being famous for 25 years that's kind of commonplace, but to have basically died, been forgotten, and then brought back again, that is a little weird. Adidas made a pair of sneakers inspired by the outfit of next-door neighbor Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. They come out on October 3rd to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Season 3 episode When Flanders Failed. Wow. Still Ned just, Flanders sneakers. They're, yeah. just, they're just uh, milking that show for everything it's worth. I'd, I'd rather have his sweaters. Well, it's actually the color of his outfit, which is olive green with uh, brown suede and pink ankle lining as well. Oh, wow. That sounds fun. Only, yeah. a, ma- only a matter of time till Cam Newton wears a pair in a game, I'm sure. Uh, Anderson Pock. That's a rapper. Did you know that? No, I, I didn't. And he, yet I slept like a baby last night. He got a tattoo on his forearm that says, quote, When I'm gone, please don't release any posthumous albums or songs with my name attached. Those were just demos and never intended to be heard by the public. That's on his arm? Yes. How long is his arm? He's got a big arm. <laughs> I mean, a tattoo is uh, it's very uh, prominent. And, and it goes. I'm assuming it must go all the way around his arm. It can't be written in a single line from the shoulder to the wrist, although maybe it is. No, it's, it, it's written from the shoulder to the elbow. Oh. Ah. It'd be really impressive if it was on his baby arm. Then he'd have something there. 
That would be very impressive. But only few people would get to read it. That's true. Uh, Dan and Shay set out to autograph 10,000 copies of their album Good Things and then blew right by that number. They signed until their hands cramped up, and then they signed some more. Now they were relying on Cub Scouts to feed them. He's, uh, they released this album last Friday. It went gold the same day. Get the hell out of here. How does that happen? A lot of people buy it. I guess, but who's buying Dan and Shay albums? A lot of people. Chicks. Chicks dig them. Chicks Chicks dig them. Yep. And that is your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. To those who step up to work the sunrise shift, power through the double shifts. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 612 and Neil Young on Rock 102. It's not over. It's not over. I know. For God's sake, Stephen. Well, because it sounds like it's over. No, I, is it the first time you heard it? Yes, actually, it has. I've never no, heard that song that's before. Not true. I've heard Cinnamon Challenge Girl. I've heard uh, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch Girl. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard Cinnamon Girl. You've seen Cinnamon Dance at a strip club, exactly. probably. Thank girl. you very much. Yeah. See, yeah. Uh, it, here's the deal, too. We uh, we went off the air for a little while. We don't know what's wrong, uh, and so people were like, "Oh man, I can't believe Rock 102's off the air." And then when we came back on, people were like, oh, man, thank God Rock 102 is back on the air. So now, now I can hear Baxton O'Brien with Dave Coombs. And then it's like, oh, Neil Young? <laughs> yeah. What did I do to deserve this? Well, Neil Young is the voice of my generation. No, no he's not. And then, uh, and then Steve goes and cuts him off so that we miss the best part of his song, The End. I can play it again the if end, you'd like. No, the end is the best part of every Neil Young song. <laughs> so in other words, a lot of purists out there missing <laughs> yeah. what they wanted coming to them. Exactly. All right. So uh, yeah, so Bax is uh, he's out on vacation. Uh, I, I don't know why uh, I feel the need to explain this to people. I have been moved into a uh, into a separate studio that I was informed yesterday was going to be disinfected on a daily basis. Hmm. Um, I think the person who came in and disinfected overnight came hmm. in through the ceiling because I seem to have uh, ceiling tile gook. All over the uh, countertop down here. Well, at least they didn't come in through the bathroom window. I think they might have, because uh, I don't know what's up with this. Uh, it seems almost like plaster all over the place. I don't know uh, why you, after working here for all of these years, mm. and the filth that we've been working in for all of these years, that you expect somehow that that's going to change overnight. No, you know, the funny thing is, is that I'm not necessarily a clean freak, but um, when the dirtiness has a contrast uh, to the color behind it, in other words, you know, so it's black marble counters down here, which obviously shows everything. And, uh, and then even the board itself, when you've got this white plaster, it shows. Normally, I don't care. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not like I said, I'm not a clean freak, but... Um, and, and they also, like I said, they told me yesterday that they were going to disinfect the room because a year ago, people believed you could get COVID from surfaces. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, I, I don't believe that anymore. It's, it's really not even true. So I'm not all that worried about surfaces. No, I'm, listen, I'm licking, I'm licking countertops down here like they're, like they're all edible. Like I said yesterday, the mold in that uh, end of the building will kill you before COVID does. Well, you know what, Steve? Uh, they've been trying to kill me for years now, and it hasn't happened yet. So uh, I ain't too worried about it. Hey, after uh, after seven o'clock, Dave, you got a little bit of a story to tell, isn't that right? Yes, I had a little bit of a bicycle accident, and uh, 
some interesting twists and turns to this whole thing. So, I, and, and as you tell, uh, I, I look the part this morning as well. Um, you know what? When I came in this morning and I uh, stopped in your office to see you, I, I didn't even realize. I didn't. If you hadn't pointed out to me the uh, the, the the injury, yeah, I wouldn't have even noticed. And it turns out he lost an arm. So uh, it was kind of kind of wild. I'm <laughs> just like the drummer and was it Def Leppard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, so we'll uh, save that story now after uh, seven o'clock. Again, thank you, Neil Young. Yeah, and I'll I'll have some questions for you guys about my bicycle accident and some of the things that happened to me that evening. It was quite an epic night. We uh, yesterday we dedicated a bicycle from Queen for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, we thought about it, but we didn't actually. <laughs> have you seen? Uh, I saw this last night. I saw it last week, and then I saw it again last night. And at least I was able to pause it so that I could take notes on it because it's actually very funny. I love these the progressive commercials. Mm-hmm. The progressive insurance commercials that tell you not to turn into your parents. Yeah. There's uh there's a new one now, which is basically uh, you know, that 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 coach uh who is teaching the classes to the kids, mm-hmm. uh, he has taken one particular uh young man to the mall. This is a this is really a mall based don't turn into your parents kind of commercial. And uh I can't. I couldn't. I watched it three times, and I couldn't hear the third thing of what he said. He said, uh, "Don't ask for discounts on floor models or demos or a third thing." And I, I didn't hear. I couldn't hear even by watching it again. Uh, but, but one of the lines was, "Don't ask for discounts on floor models or demos." Um, another one is uh, the kid. Uh, turning turning to somebody else and going, you know, looking around at, at how much merchandise there was in the store. And he's like, everything of the storage operation, a place, place like this must rely on? <laughs> that's that's another apparently old person's comment. And then uh, he, he's out in the common area of the mall, and there's a kid sitting right next to, uh, obviously, a koi pond. And, uh, and, the, and the guy who's trying not to be the parent turns to the kid and he goes, hey, you know what kind of fish these are? And the kid just looks at him real disinterested and goes, no. And, and, the, and the guy goes, ah, come on now, don't be coy. And, yeah. then, he, and then he you know reaches down and slaps him and kind of goes, see, get it? They're, they're koi fish. Ah, <laughs> that should be the joke of the day. It, it's actually much funnier to see, obviously, because it's just great stuff that you can actually remember your parents saying yeah they are good ads yeah i love them like you don't need to tell the waiter your name yeah yeah, yeah. he doesn't know he doesn't need to know he's not interested and then uh, and then the last one is the guy is standing at the register of a store holding a shirt and uh and the coach says to him now think for a second have we seen this shirt before and the guy looks down and he realizes he's actually wearing the same shirt that he's looking to buy and then he's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to buy it anyhow. <laughs> uh, by the way, the guy's name is Bill Glass, the actor who plays Dr. Rick. He's fantastic. And I guess he supposedly um, just spontaneously went off script and came up with some of the great lines that you hear. Uh, you know what? I keep hearing all about the spontaneous things that supposedly happen mm-hmm. uh, that, that sound too perfect to really have been spontaneous. Uh First of all, I appreciate that because, uh, Dave, I've had a number of people say to me during those commercials, who is that guy? And uh, and now I know. 
What's his name? Uh, Bill Glass. Yeah. Rick. Yeah. Um, uh, to, to answer your question, I just checked the video. Uh, don't buy floor models, demos, or displays. Is the displays. Third thing. Okay. Yeah, I had to. I had to watch it like three times, and I still didn't understand it. Um, but what was? Uh, oh man, there was something that you were just making me think of that now I forgot. Well, you know what? I also like the progressive ads better than the Geico ads in general because I oh, love okay. I love flow. I think flow is fantastic, especially the one when they're at the beach and it's supposed to be an exciting beach day where they don't do any work and yet she she can't help herself. I love that one too. I, I don't uh, I don't is she by the way, does she have a nephew somewhere? Uh, I mean, is she an Ann Flo for somebody? Probably. Right? Oh, I see. <laughs> there you turned it into one yeah. of those lady jokes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good, huh, Steve? Yeah, and it, uh, looks like, it looks like we're off the air again. But uh, oh, well, there are people listening online. You pointed out. Yeah, our yes, phone is ringing are. right now too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's phone's ringing. Uh, that's for listeners to tell you. you guys know you're off the air, right? right? Yes, we do. <laughs> All right, well, if that's the case, then what are we bothering for? War. What is it good for? Exactly. The online yeah. listening. As, as yeah, Steve the just online listening. There's, there's plenty of online listeners out there, John. Yeah, but you know what? Do they, do they, I don't mean for this to sound insulting, but yeah. do they deserve the same quality show <laughs> as the radio audience yes, does? because most people don't have conventional radios anymore. A lot of people listen on their personal devices, mm. and uh, on top of that, you, you got uh, you got the podcast that we put together, and people listen to that. There's people who referenced, uh, write me and reference things, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, I'm sorry, I'm listening to a podcast from two weeks ago. I'm just catching up now. Well, I am the dinosaur. I I, I get that. I, I you know I still think about the old fashioned way of turning on the radio mm. and listening to broadcasts that way so yeah i suppose you're right the people who are listening on the website or on the podcast deserve uh just as much of a program as the others who are we gonna are you, your old time radio are we gonna listen to the shadow tonight we, we might or the, or the uh, whistler uh, yeah yeah any any one of those things what about who's on first no no that's been canceled it's 622 at rock 102 hi i'm mike moriarty of family ford of Used trucks and SUVs are bringing a print com slash radio. It's 625 at Rock 102. And we're back on the internet. <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, yeah. That's a, even uh, even just that radio commercial we played a minute ago. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, I'm going to tell a joke about radio. Shut the front door. No, I'm not kidding. Hey, wait a minute, Steve. If we're on the internet now, you can actually say swears. Yeah, I don't want to take that risk in case we just <laughs> click at the very last second to go back on the air. It's a trap, Steve. Don't yeah, fall for it. Come not on, falling. chicken. I'm not chicken. Yeller belly. Uh, you got a joke to yeah, tell? Yeah, I sure do. And it's going to be full of swears. All right. <laughs> Where's the thing, the joke thing? Where's your let's laugh uh, cue? Well, uh, you know what? Just play the thing. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. Yeah, we're changing things up now that we're going blue, Steve. <laughs> a young boy is listening to the radio in the car with his father. Yeah. And he says, uh, uh, Dad, what music did you like growing up? 
And the father says, well, I was a huge fan of Led Zeppelin. And the kid goes, who? And the father goes, yep, I like them too. (laughs) 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 You see, he thought the who was a band and and not the answer to the question. That's effing hysterical. Classic. (laughs) I I was good. Do we even want to do the booyah? I mean, we're changing things up today. Dude. We are. Yeah. We are. Well, so, how can I just, I'll just say, that was awesome, John. That was funny. Bax and O'Brien. And it is time for news. And uh, uh, Bax is out this week. And Dave Coombs from Laser 99 Studio, uh, Laser 99.3 is joining us here in the studio this Present. week. I'm, uh, I'm looking at a commercial for the Cummington Fair. Ah, uh, don't you want to go to the Cummington Fair? I really do. I, uh. I want to win this year. What do you want to win? <laughs> the coming by by actually getting a ton this time. Well, they have uh, they have that mineral out there that is only found in Cummington. It's what? it's coming tonight, and I'm not making that up. Ha! I'm not making it up. It's a it's a it's a uh, a mineral that's unique to that area, and it is called coming tonight. It wasn't that a wasn't that a Billy Idol or a Billy Squire song? Uh, no, that's lonely is the night. No, rock me tonight. Oh, rock me tonight. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I, did you know that? Yeah, I do. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. What about the Cummington Creamery? Have you ever been there before? No, no, I haven't been there yet either. That was the one where the guy got arrested years ago for exposing himself inside of the Cummington Creamery. Seems like the right place. Mm-hmm. Uh, By the way, if a woman, I guess, was made up only of coming tonight, she's coming tonight. That's right. Right? I don't know. She'd probably fake it. An investigation (laughs) by the Springfield Arson and Bomb Squad led to the arrest of 28-year-old Jordan DePina on Monday. The investigation follows an incident from July 29th when officers conducted a wellness check on a resident. While at the apartment complex located on Willow Street, officers noticed the sound of smoke detectors going off and the smell of something actively burning. The resident of the apartment was Something's later burning. The resident of the apartment was later identified as Depina. Did, did they think it was love? They think it might have been. Yeah. When approached by police by the signs of the fire, Depina allegedly denied officers permission to enter his apartment before they reportedly forced their way in. Inside the apartment, officers found evidence of a recently put out fire. The department was then called to uh, clear the site of the alleged fire. He's being charged with arson of a dwelling. Uh, that's kind of an interesting scenario. It's like, so you smell smoke. Oh, wait a minute. You heard, you heard smoke detectors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Then that's your, uh, that's your probable cause to force your way into the apartment. I mean, if you, if you just said, uh, you know, well, we smelled smoke. It's like, eh, I'm not sure about that. I we, don't know if that gives you grounds to force yourself into an apartment. We smelled your, we smelled your detector and heard your smoke. I mean, right. I don't oh, know no, the other way the around. other way. I yeah. get confused sometimes. To add to your musical theme, John, maybe the sky was burning. Uh, yeah, I was a much bigger fan of Kenny Rogers in the <laughs> first edition. <laughs> Who wasn't? That's, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Longmeadow Board of Health announced Tuesday that they voted to mandate face masks in public indoor spaces. This decision comes after the Longmeadow Board of Health met Monday night. In response to the recent increase in COVID-19 cases, masks are now required, regardless of vaccination status, to all in public places, including private places that are open to the public for those over five years old. (laughs) Currently, the mandate includes, but not limited to, town buildings, schools, restaurants, bars, indoor performance and event venues, gyms, fitness clubs, Salons, places of worship. What's next? 
More needle raping? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. They're going to force us to wear masks indoors? Wear long meadow, damn it. You can keep your face maxi pad to yourself. Unless it's made of gold. Well, I'm guessing since it's long meadow, it probably mm. is. Yeah. And I, and I love the whole, you know, health clubs in long meadow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know the Jewish community center has got one, but other than that, uh, you know, this is a town that doesn't let chains in. So, well, what do you mean? Chains. They, they don't let like, you know, chain CVS is probably one of the biggest example, uh, uh, biggest, uh, uh, exceptions big, I can remember in long meadow and big Y. Yeah, Big Y is, first of all, you have to have a grocery store. And secondly, Big Y is a local thing. A Starbucks? That's also a surprise. Yeah. All the, I yeah. mean, it's not like they're completely opposed well, to Well, they, they probably are, and then they go, okay, well, I guess we need groceries, and I guess we need coffee, but, you know, you're not going to see a... You're not going to see a McDonald's. You're not going to see a, a Burger King. Speaking of which, by the way, uh, article on Mass Live this morning that a uh, Burger King with a drive-through has been approved for the building next to the Berkshire Bank building in front of MGM. Uh, it would be like it, it would be like Kitty Corner to the Pride Station. Okay. All right. Now I know where it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It seems uh, I'm not surprised they're putting one there, but it just seems like it's going to add. That's already a very heavily trafficked area. Excuse me, especially now with uh, with MGM being open, and the biggest problem just drives me nuts every single time I go because I always try to exit MGM's parking garage on Union Street mm-hmm. as opposed to the you know the main entrance. And when you, you come down the ramp from the parking garage, you make a right onto Union Street, and then you want to make a right onto Columbus Avenue so you can go diagonally across to get on 91 North. And the number of people who don't go right on red drives you on nuts. Columbus Avenue drives me insane. <laughs> insane. I mean, it is a lane that you can go straight to get over to West Columbus Avenue if you want. But when I see the cars in front of me with their right blinkers on, and I know that they're intending to turn right, yeah, that that just drives me crazy. I can't stand that either. And I know people have said, well, you know, there's no law that says you have to turn right on red. It's an option. What? Hmm. I mean, it's probably true. It is true. But still, you know, why would you not? Yeah, I don't... uh you should definitely do it if you have the opportunity to. Of do course, it. you could. If it's clear and it's safe, yeah. do it. I don't. I never understood that. No, I don't either. We should be allowed to push them. Enfield Police will be conducting a DUI checkpoint Friday night into Saturday, according to a news release from the Enfield Police Department. The checkpoint will be held on Route 190 from 7 p.m. Friday until approximately 2 a.m. Saturday. Wow! They're even telling you where it's going to be. Well, that's the I don't understand. That must be the law. Well, from state state to state, because Massachusetts just says we're going to do this in the county, and yeah. as long as they make the announcement, yeah. then they are covered. With, well, you know, but the difference is, you know, one ninety runs from the Suffield Bridge to the Summerstown line. It's the entire width of Enfield. So, so just get off of Hazard Avenue. It could be anywhere. Yeah, take Elm road. Street. Right. You take Elm Street and go parallel. I mean. If you know these, 
if you know all of this information, mm. you shouldn't be out driving those roads. No, no, you, you should know. not. You got nobody to blame but yourself. Just take an Uber. It's so much uh, easier and cheaper than a DUI. Um, oh, what was I watching last night? It was. Oh, I didn't realize John Oliver came back on, and I don't know why my DVR is not automatically recording it. So I started watching it again on uh, the HBO app, and I was he did a he did a show uh, in the last few weeks about emergency medical services, and first of all the the surprise costs of ambulance rides, and uh, also the uh, he played the the siren of an ambulance in Belgium. And it was a very, very unusual sound. It wasn't that wing, wing, or the ee, No, not, not that either. It was a, it was a very strange sound that actually John Oliver likened to uh, Mickey Mouse being fornicated on a washing machine. Wow! But um, there's an image. Yeah, no, you didn't even need it. He gave you one. Uh, but the, but the. Um, the other thing they showed was, like, there was a woman in Boston who was coming off of uh, the T, and she got her foot stuck between the platform and the train. And um, a group of people came along, a huge group of people, and they actually pushed the train sideways just to give her enough room to pull her leg out. And in the meantime, she's yelling at people, please don't call an ambulance. I can't afford it. <laughs> and and that's you know kind of what this whole story was about. So they were. Um, they showed also. We've talked about this before, Steve. Of the people yeah. who who you know their friends drive them to the ER, and I said, "Gee, it's it's too bad there's not an Uber out there for ambulances." There is. Oh yeah. And they, in fact, they they emphasize the ER in Uber hmm. to make you realize this is this is the vehicle that will take you to the hospital oh, really? faster. Yeah, yeah. Although you know. There's no oxygen. There's no paramedics. There's. No, it's just get to the hospital yeah, as quickly it, as possible. But does it have courtesy emergency lights on no, it or something like no, a fire? You know, like the no, volunteer firefighters. No, that would be illegal. No, it's just got uh, Uber ER. I. But okay. But if they're dedicated to taking people to the ER, I don't know that they're dedicated to that specifically, and I don't know that it's life or death situations. I think it's just you know I've got to get to the doctor I've got to get to the hospital. Let's say you're uh, you know you're walking down uh, Liberty Street, mm-hmm. Springfield, and then uh, you get you get hit in the leg by a drive-by, and you get the you get this bullet hole. The very app that you were going to use to do Uber ER, you can't use because the bullet went right through your phone and your leg. What do you do then? Oh, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> I was just throwing different yeah, scenarios yeah, no, at I, you. I understand, and I don't know. You you completely stumped me on that one. Yeah. And if your foot gets stuck at a train platform and you're a woman, you leave the shoe behind for Christ's oh, sake. Oh no, her whole leg was in there. All right. Yeah. Speaking uh, of which, did you see the video uh, online of the one uh, Afghani holding uh, on to that plane you know, who got pulled into the landing gear? I did. Mm. Is that the one that's in the air yeah. while there yeah. somebody's on the inside of the plane? Yeah. I don't know what leg of the flight that was. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was the right leg. 
I'm not sure. Uh, more than 150 marijuana retailers have now been approved to open in Massachusetts, and operators are walking a fine line as they try to make themselves appealing to potential customers in an increasingly increasingly competitive market without running afoul of the state's restrictive advertising regulations. The industry-specific restrictions and the cost of advertising have led to a broad array of strategies for cannabis companies here, from the more traditional billboard and digital media advertising to approaches that look more like political campaigns. Uh, C. Samara, and founder of uh, Yumba Market in Central Square, said, We understand the fear of big tobacco. We understand that. We don't uh, want either, but we don't want to be treated like we're them. We're not them. We're absolutely not the tobacco companies. I, I saw the headline. I haven't read the article yet for this, uh, for this story. It, it does seem interesting. I used to think, and now I realize I was wrong, I used to think that the billboards that the dispensaries are putting up mm -hmm. could only have their web address, not their physical address. But now I have discovered that's wrong. I've seen some yeah. dispensaries where the actual street address is on the billboard. The uh, CCC regulations give marijuana establishments the right to, quote, engage in reasonable advertising practices that are not otherwise pro prohibited that do not jeopardize the public health, welfare, welfare, or safety of the general public or promote the diversion of marijuana or marijuana use in individuals younger than 21 years old. But that's, see, that's just it. It's like, so they can put up billboards and anybody can see those. But as far as I know, for radio or television advertising, you, you can only advertise at a time of day mm -hmm. where a small percentage of the audience is under 21. Right. Uh, 85% have to be 21 or older. Yeah. Television, radio, podcast, internet, mobile app, social media, billboard, and print ads. The CCC requires that the company placing the ad can prove the audience, like you said, uh, composition data that adults 21 or older make up at least 85%, a standard that works to limit advertising opportunities and force companies to reach customers in new ways. But billboards is included in that? Yes, how do they prove that? I mean, they prove the television and the radio by ad, by uh, uh, ratings, but how do they prove 85? Well, maybe well, all the kids if, are in school. But if you're on a highway, most people would be, I mean, yeah, yeah, you have yeah, a bunch yeah. of 17, unless you have an uh, influx of 17-year-olds driving down the highway. Or 20-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just you, by virtue of numbers. Right. The number of drivers on the highway at any given time are majority of overage speaking of billboards did you notice that one at the chickabee curve is now like there's something wrong with it no it's like it, there's lights missing on it northbound or southbound northbound okay so there's something like it's kind of like faded out mm. it, it reminds me of like um when they did when they went to the future and back to the future yeah where things really didn't work as well as everybody thought they would <laughs> oh, yeah. and like all the screens yeah. are kind of you know it, it's modern technology, but the, the, they don't really work as well as they should. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like what it looks like. It's like the, the the classy digital billboard that's supposed to be. Oh well, we're, we're we can advertise many different well, things on this. I can remember, you know, twenty years ago, maybe thirty years ago, when there there were these visions of the future where like TV commercials would be running on billboards, mm -hmm. and I mean, just look at what what MGM went through. When the when the gaming commission said, "No, nah, you can't put animation on that on that board on the front of the place," I mean MGM spent millions of dollars for that uh, for that digital board on the front of the parking garage, and then the gaming commission comes along and goes, "No, nah, no motion, 
You can't have you can't have any animation on what, on that thing at all. Was it the gaming commission or was yeah. it the city of Springfield that we could that there was that, I thought that was the issue. I thought no, I think and that's it was, why we don't have digital billboards within the city. No, I think it was the gaming. I think it was the gaming commission for that particular one. By the way, I I love uh, last week. You know when when we were all sweating our asses off. One of the highway signs on I-91 in Longmeadow, northbound, mm-hmm. said, uh, caution, black ice. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. Is that somebody testing out the system? I, or is I it- think it was somebody joking around. <laughs> maybe it's the name of a new beer. Yeah, I, maybe. See, if I, was a, if I was a guy on that job who was able to program all that stuff, mm-hmm. and and- Let's say I was on the last day. Yep. Yeah. I see where okay. you're going. <laughs> I would be writing. I'd be uh, yeah. making uh, little penises out of like the if we could make it out of the letters like a mm-hmm. what do they call it ASC two writing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just type. I would be doing all kinds of fun stuff like that. Yeah, I bet you'd be off the job in a minute. Well, well, that's the, the whole point. Day. It would yeah. be the last day. I wouldn't yeah, have to worry about it. You wouldn't even last to lunch. Yeah, you gotta you gotta open up your mind to have, start having some fun, John. Oh, believe me, Steve, I've already figured out my retirement announcement on the air. <laughs> it's gonna be the best John O'Brien's America ever. Oh well, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope it happens this week. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Four men broke into a restaurant in Australia on Tuesday. Okay, Bax isn't here to do that. No- it's my thing. It's well, his. I know, but he, you know, the two of you. Uh, anyway, they stole a decent amount of booze. They got away, but the police tracked them down. They're facing charges of unlawful unlawful entry, stealing, and property damage, but that's not all. They're also facing steep fines because they weren't wearing face masks when they entered oh, the restaurant. Oh, man. Australia recently implemented a lockdown, <laughs> and as part of that, there are fines for anyone not following the mask mandates. Each of them will be fined 5000 Australian dollars, <laughs> roughly 3600 U.S. dollars. So that's nearly fifteen grand for all four. It's not clear how much alcohol they stole, but they might be on the hook to pay for that too. <laughs> if you get caught committing a crime and you're not wearing a mask, yeah. that's an additional charge. Isn't that like day one of criminal school? Wear a mask if you're going to be robbing or uh, burglarizing not, a place. Not yeah. really. I mean, I find that kind of interesting that the uh, that the jurisdiction has included in whatever legislation they had to come up with to to enforce mask wearing that they said, and by the way, if you're caught in the commission of a crime and you're not wearing a mask, that will be an additional charge. It's it's hard to believe. It's like what what if I'm uh what if I'm a murder victim? You yeah, know? And and I'm not wearing a mask. Are you going to find my family yeah, after I'm dead? Goes right on to your, uh, your descendants. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Somebody was thinking, was, was forward enough thinking to say, hey, by the way, these masks, uh, you know, they apply to criminals as well. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, mostly cloudy with some rain showers throughout the day, a high of 85. Tomorrow, uh, chances of some more thunderstorms with a high of 81. It is 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Hey, Bax, let's talk about two true icons. Is this about us, the Bax and O'Brien show, finally getting inducted into the Massachusetts... Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It is 6.58 in Santana on Rock 102. Mostly cloudy today. The chance of a shower tomorrow is pretty much going to be a rainout, unfortunately. Uh, right now in downtown Springfield, it's 68 degrees. 
speaking of downtown, uh, I, I always have to know what's going on. When I see things that are going on, I have to know what's going on. You're a busybody. I am a busybody. You're the Mrs. Kravitz of the radio You world. could say that. Uh, so I'm kind of curious. Um, I remember them saying that the hotel project that they had intended to put up at the former York Street Jail was abandoned because of the pandemic, because of the fallout of uh, business for hotels. The uh, the people who had bought that property and intending to put a hotel there changed their minds and stopped the construction. But what I can't figure out is there are still cranes there operating. And, in fact, there is a crane in the river um, parallel to that site. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, when you see 22 News' uh, downtown uh, camera and, it, and it's pointing to the south, you can see, I don't know what dredging means, or, so I'm, I'm not sure if that's what they're doing, but there are obviously poles sticking out of the ground in the river, again, parallel to what used to be the York Street jail site. So something's going on over there. I need to know. Well, in dredging with the, like the Erie Canal, for instance, I know they got to do that every few years so boats can continue to pass safely through the waterway because, mm. you know, sludge and dirt and silt and whatever builds up over the years, and they got to dredge it in the middle to oh, well, make it deeper again. So. And bodies, too. Yeah, sometimes. right. Well, true. Uh, yeah. But I, then, then I don't think that's what they're doing, probably, if that's the description of uh, dredging. I don't know what they're doing, but... Yeah, there's there's cranes over there all over the place. So, love to know what's happening because I am a busybody. Hey, uh, coming up next hour, uh, Dave uh, Dave Coombs was not here yesterday, and he will explain <laughs> why uh, in just a few minutes. It's what seven o'clock at Rock One Hundred Two. Hey everyone, this is Jennifer Jock from Bull- Rock One Hundred Two. <laughs> Springfield's Classic Rock at 7-Eleven and Queen on Rock 102. 7-Eleven, <laughs> Steve. How about that? Mostly cloudy today. Chance of a stray shower, thunderstorm, high 85. Tomorrow, cloudy with thunderstorms throughout the day as the uh, tropical storm Fred works its way up the East Coast. It is 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 sitting in while Bax is on vacation. And... Uh, uh, sitting in somewhere else yesterday. Yeah, thanks for the fine intro there, guys. So I do like to ride my bicycle around town, and I do it almost every day during the summertime, ride the bike, that is. And I've got a sturdy trek. Uh, I don't believe in those racing, touring bikes. I feel too unsafe on the thin tires. So I've got a hybrid trek. It's a nice, sturdy bicycle, and I needed it the other day. So Do you wear a helmet? Absolutely, and that is a key to this story, or at least a portion of it. And, and uh, what about those? Uh, what about those tight-fitting uh, <laughs> no. shorts? No, I don't believe in that either. I wear regular gym shorts, loose-fitting, the whole deal, just a t-shirt. Got the helmet on. I do have gloves because I find if I sweat, it gives me a better grip on the handlebars. What about right. the streamers and the horn that goes? Nope, <laughs> nope. Nor the little chiching bell. Nope, don't have that. But maybe I need that in the future too. So what happened? So I'm taking off out of Enfield. I go south. Past the Yard Tavern. This you're, is on, my nor- you're on Route 5. Yeah, it's my normal route. I take a right in East Windsor, go down the hill, go across. Well, there's your mistake right there, <laughs> yeah. going into well, East Windsor. <laughs> well, I got to get somewhere, and yeah. I got to come back home, and that's my route, and that's what I take. And so I go across the Dexter Coffin Bridge that connects East Windsor to Windsor Locks, and I get toward the end of that bridge, and I've come over the bridge, and there's very little shoulder there, very little margin in the roadway, so I'm between, yeah. I'm between some cars, and I'm about three or four cars away from taking the right turn after coming off of that bridge. Onto 159. Correct. Yeah. 
And the last thing I remember doing is sticking my right arm out and signaling, I'm turning right. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put the left arm the left up. left arm uh, crooked at the elbow. <laughs> well, in, in any case, I made a signal, and then I felt a tap on my back wheel, and I went down. Head first, through the handlebars, into the ground. Down got, into the river? Yeah. No. No. Just on the pavement. Yeah. Got up immediately. You know, blood everywhere spewing out of my nose. I think what Ooh. I think what happened, and thank God I was wearing the helmet. I think I, I did hit head first into the pavement. I think the impact sent the helmet down into my sunglasses, with that, which then smushed onto the bridge of my nose and caused all the bleeding. Uh, what about the bicycle? Bike was okay. I got up. I pulled it off to the side. There was another guy there who helped me. He said, man, you better go to the hospital. I said, okay. Does it look broken? He goes, could be a broken nose. Don't know. Bleeding everywhere. There happened to be an EMT vehicle right there when this happened. They pulled up maybe 20 seconds or 30 seconds after this happened. Not the Uber ER? No, not the Uber ER, but just a regular EMT vehicle from Windsor Locks. And thanks to those guys, by the way. So they put me into the vehicle and uh, a cop came and took the bike at least i hope it was <laughs> I hope it was a cop from mm. windsor locks and said i could pick up the bike at a later time which i have yet to do did the uh driver of the vehicle stop no that's one of the points i want to get to john uh-huh. so th- anyway I-, I ride the emt these guys just say well, what hospital do you want to go to i said hey listen you're the- you're the pros you take me wherever you think so they took me to saint francis yep. in hartford yeah where, by the way, apparently it was on lockdown because there was some sort of knifing the other day. And I checked into that. Some guy died. He was in while I was there. And so the hospital was on lockdown while the doctors worked on me there, checked me all out. No major damage, which is, you know. No broken nose? No broken. You know, I'm not sure, John. I've broken my nose so many times playing soccer goalie. Like, to me, it's like, whatever. Just, uh-huh. just, just, you know, I just move on from Mm. that so i'm like five hours in the er they're taking care of me whatever i go back home to enfield i'm gonna come in the next morning i'm planning on doing that how'd you get home uh they give you a taxi ride which they pay for the who does the hospital yes really yes wow yeah and so i get the taxi ride back home uh i get into my apartment i try and go to sleep 2 30 in the morning the alarm the fire alarm goes off in my building i'm like oh my God, these guys are really trying to keep you off the air. Yeah, yeah. this is not my night, not my day. So <clears throat> I decided not to come in yesterday. I said I'd see you guys on Wednesday, and here I am. Now, the question about the car stopping. Mm. You know, bicyclists sometimes are targets for people, and I kind of think that's what happened here. That light tap on my tire from their front bumper i think was kind of like hey let's give this guy a little tap see what happens right either that or they weren't paying attention they were texting or something i'm I'm going with the texting thing i'm I'm sure could you say this was a stop the line of cars at the light yes and we were just starting to roll so thank god there wasn't high speed involved right right? but in other words the, so the so the vehicle was barely moving, not moving at all for a moment. Right. And then what? You were parallel to it, or just I, slightly I, in well, front of it? I'm slightly in front of it. And then uh, and then when the light went green, was it an immediate right turn, or were you still uh, a car length away from the turn? Uh, John, I would say there were three or four cars in front of me. Okay, so it tapped you before it actually began to turn. Yeah, and as I had my right, well, correct, exactly. And mm-hmm. as I had my right arm out. 
Yeah. That's when it happened because I lost total control of the bike. Well, and again, been, you used the wrong arm. Well, that might have had something to do yeah, with it. It could but, be, uh, but uh, in any <coughs> case, uh, there's no potholes there. There's no bumps. My bike is very sturdy. I mean, my bike just went totally wonky. So I think whoever well, it was hit me. The bike was a black sports car. I uh, I have an alibi. Okay, <laughs> I can uh, I can prove where I was at exactly that time. Well, that's um, that's what some of the comments were on my Facebook page. Did yeah. you anger an ex-wife, yeah. or was there a former radio partner of yours mm-hmm. in the vicinity? Not sure, that, not that I know of. So nobody, uh, you said a number of people stopped, but nobody had witnessed or taken a license plate down. No, no, unfortunately. So you know, maybe I could. Call on the listeners right now if they anybody has any information. Well, or is there a is there a security camera uh, on that intersection? Do you happen to know? Here, here, I don't know. I mean, any one of those, most of those factories, as far as I, well, I'm talking 40 years ago. I don't know how many of those businesses are being used or buildings are being used. Um, but, you know, for all of the uh, seemingly inconvenient bike lanes that they have been putting up all over this, uh, the country for that matter, mm-hmm. um, why you would choose to go over that bridge, uh, which has just barely enough room for two lanes of traffic in either direction. There is no bike lane on that bridge, is there? There is not. Uh, although, well, I should I should say yes on the bridge itself. But again, I had come off the bridge, and at that point, there's very little margin on the roadway. The so, bridge itself does have a bike. Well, no, the, wait a minute. You say that it, it's a shoulder? No, John, it's a shoulder that okay. is clearly right. clearly demarcated. Although all there's right. usually lots of glass all mm-hmm. over that area, so it's mm-hmm. sort of a game of bicycle dodgeball i have to play with the broken glass mm-hmm. so i'm probably never going to use that route again bottom line to your point i'm going to go put my car put my bike in my car and go to forest park zoo or go somewhere where there's a bike trail and do that that, that might not be a bad idea yeah but uh but as far as uh, the person who hit you uh taken off uh, you know that 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 bastard needs to be hunted down. Well, sure, and t- you know if they did it on purpose, I could understand where they're not pulling over. If they did it accidentally, well, maybe I could also understand that because they wouldn't want to be embarrassed that they were texting or weren't paying attention when that happened. And you know, for fact, it was a sports car. It was a black sports car. I remember that much yeah. that I pulled in front of. And uh, you know, it's funny. My my stepfather told me a story about a friend of his years ago in the Washington, D.C. area. Something like this happened to him. And because people are, people are creatures of habit, mm. he went back to the site of the crime five days in a row at the time. At the same time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and on the fifth day, he he spotted that car and he yeah but I'm he, guessing he had a much more descriptive uh, look at the car yeah I, I mean guess. black sports car you you go there the same time this morning you'll probably see ten of them in in a five minute span well this happened between I think I've got it nailed down to between five and five fifteen on Monday so I would maybe go there at that time and I would see you know just a hundred <laughs> black sports cars so if uh, if you were that car uh, don't go that right, right I know right, right? Change, Change your route a little bit for a little while till the heat is off, mm-hmm. or until you get the car fixed. Well, yeah. you're lucky you were in Connecticut when this happened, and uh, not like you know uh, if they didn't rush you to Noble Hospital in Westfield, you would have died. Oh, then. all right, Stephen. You know you don't need to. Bring that. that was well, miles and miles away. In any case, uh, thanks to the EMT guys, thanks to Doctor Curran at. Uh, St. Francis Hospital in Hartford, and um, they didn't tell you to take a couple of days off. Nobody told me nothing.
You could you couldn't have milked this for a couple of more days. Yeah, it's a great story. It's great material for the radio. Yeah, Come yeah. on, yeah. told it when you came back. You yeah. tow the uh, you, you towing the company line here. You, uh, you take advantage. Of yeah, time off. <laughs> and if they find this guy, you know. You come back to work the next day, you, you're barely going to be able to uh, sue him. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, you took three or four days off and you said you were in traction or yeah. or whatever, and then, then they find the driver. Well, I don't know. You're getting a payday. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's going to be no way of proving this anyway. Even if I do camp out there for the next five days and mm-hmm. I do find the car and I follow them and I confront them because if there is no physical evidence, if there is no security camera, then I'm screwed anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, well maybe they'll break down and uh, the guilt, they'll be right? so guilt-ridden, they'll have to, they'll turn themselves in. Or maybe I'll follow their car till they pull over, I'll confront them, and they'll whip out a gun and shoot me. Who knows? Yeah, there's always that possibility, too. And by the way, wear your helmets, folks. Wear your helmets. Well, it's uh, it's good to hear that you're uh, you're safe. Mm-hmm. I was going to say sound, but I don't know about that. <laughs> Never been sound. I yeah. hope uh, you learned a lesson, though, on the correct way of signaling a right-hand turn. Yeah, I guess. You know, uh, you you and Dan Williams are in the same club now. I heard about his... Uh, yeah. his it was, he, he was on a motorcycle, right? No, no he was on, no, a he was on a bicycle. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, he milked it for everything it was oh, worth. Yeah. He was out for months, and you should have done the same thing. I don't oh, know yeah. why you're not well, taking advantage of I, a free paycheck. I think his injuries were a little more severe than mine. It might have been, and I believe it was also intentional. Um, yeah, but uh, he didn't want to come into work. He's like, you know what? No, no, I, I mean, he was intentionally hit. <laughs> I don't want to work for the next two months. Yeah, what if I just yeah. ease into just, this little lane here, this will hurt a little bit. But you know what? It'll be worthwhile. <laughs> well, uh, and you said the bike. You, you're going to go back to the Windsor Locks Police Department and see if uh, they've got your bike. Probably today, and I'll ask them about security camera footage and all yeah. that kind of business as yeah. well. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. How old are you? 61, my man. We're too old for bikes, Dave. Yeah. We're well, too old for bi- bicycles. you got to get one of them scooters with the batteries on it. Yeah, yeah. or get yourself a, a spider. You know, one of them. At least those are a little bit safer. There's not exercise involved with riding a spider No, around. there's not. But you know what? At 61, how much more exercise do we need? <laughs> you never know. In fact, were you going to – so your intention was what? To go up 159, correct? Which I all do all the way to the Suffield Bridge yes. and then come back across again. Yes, I at do your that. Age? I do that every day. Oh my God! It's yes. a great way to stay in shape. It's ridiculous, and, and it's a great way to stay in shape. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Especially if the shape is triangular <laughs> from getting hit by a car. Yeah, mangled is a shape. Yeah, I suppose. Hey, I'm used to it. I was a soccer goalie for years, so whatever. It's uh, 7:23 at Rock 102. Will Wilbraham's Nature Preserves be a new hot... By the way, chance of showers today and pretty much a rain out for tomorrow is uh, that storm that uh, hit Haiti. Uh, no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That was... Uh, yeah, no. The storm that hit after the earthquake mm-hmm. is working its way up the East Coast. Uh, so tomorrow is going to be pretty nasty. You know, speaking of... Um, I saw this on Mass Live this morning. Speaking of uh, uh, driver attentiveness, for some reason, uh, Worcester will be going back to uh, trying to educate drivers on hands-free driving. The department will not be issuing any tickets or citations for distracted driving for the next month as part of an effort to re-educate the public on the hands-free driving law. During this moratorium, officers will issue warnings and inform people about the law, which typically comes with a $100 fine for the first offense, $250 for the second, $500 for a third, and any over that. 
the education program will include a social media marketing campaign, bus wraps, repainting of crosswalks, and presentations at the public school and driving schools. You know, uh, we're well into this. I mean, I understand the the uh, police issuing only warnings for the first 30 or 60 days of a new law, but we're well into this. If people are if people are not following this law now and being caught driving while they're texting or looking at their phones, they deserve the ticket. I, I don't know why they're going backwards and uh, doing this education thing again. Yeah, and there was that story. I don't know if this is the one you're referring to, John, about uh, Gabriella Lowell, the 20-year-old Worcester resident who was struck and killed by a driver who was texting behind the wheel in June of 2018. Yeah, I think that's where this uh, yeah. story came from. Yeah, I... Again, that's that's it's it's like the seatbelt law. When we first got the seatbelt law in Massachusetts, and a lot of states do this, uh, for a certain period of time, thirty or sixty days, the police will pull you over and only issue warnings. But after that period ends, then it's tickets for the people that are doing it. I, I've never this is the first time I ever remember hearing going backwards and and doing the re-education thing. It just that uh, doesn't really seem worth it, but. On the other hand, uh, tickets for bicyclists improperly signaling turns <laughs> is probably not a bad educational thing either. I did get a citation, a citation one time for going through a red light on my bicycle at like 6.30 in the morning when nobody was around in East Syracuse when I lived there. You didn't cause an accident? No. The guy no. just pulled you over and gave you a ticket? He, he, he warned me. Oh, okay. He warned uh, me well, about, at least that. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, next time you uh, don't... Don't bend that left arm for that right turn. It ain't going to happen, John. I'm going round and round in circles in Forest Park Zoo from now on. All right. That's probably just as well, just as well for all of us. (laughs) It's 7.30. News is next. Hey, Bax, let's talk about two true... It is 734 at Rock 102, and it is time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. All month long, receive 40% off installation of windows, doors, and Yankee Home's signature one-day bath system. Always use the keyword... Rock 102. Uh, an investigation by the Springfield Arson and Bomb Squad led to the arrest of 28-year-old Jordan DePina on Monday. The investigation follows an incident from July 29th when officers conducted a wellness check on a resident. While at the apartment complex located on Willow Street, officers noticed the sound of smoke detectors going off and the smell of something actively burning. The resident of the apartment was later identified as DePina. When approached by police about the signs of the fire, DePina allegedly denied officers permission to enter his apartment before they reportedly forced their way in. Yeah, um, yeah, there's, there's a there's a fire on in my apartment, but uh, I don't want to let you in. When you're not coming in here. Yeah, no, right. Look, it, I I got it under control. I, it's my fire. I lit it. I'll put it out. Uh, inside the apartment, officers found evidence of a recently put out fire. The uh, uh, Fire department was then called to clear the site of the alleged fire. He's being charged with arson of a dwelling. Um, what's you know he could have just said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I burned some, uh, I burned something on the stove," right? Instead of them having to come in the apartment. Well, but again, if if the smoke detectors are going off and you smell smoke, uh, and you start knocking on doors. And telling people that you think there's a fire and do you mind if we come in here and and you say no, now you have just uh, raised suspicions. Red flags. Yeah. We've got contraband inside this place. You're not coming in. Yeah. So it's kind of a dumb, dumb move. 
The uh, Massachusetts State Police Violent Fugitive Apprehension Section Tuesday arrested armed career criminal 43-year-old Dennis Kelly. In a statement issued by Massachusetts Police, authorities report that Kelly robbed a Cambridge nail salon at gunpoint before stealing a woman's car. Kelly allegedly held the woman at gunpoint while stealing her car on August 12th. That stolen car was later found in Somerville. Uh, Troopers found Kelly walking on Boston Common on Tuesday morning after hearing from an unnamed source that he was possibly staying in homeless shelters. Kelly is currently believed to have no permanent address. Kelly was arrested without any issues. The Boston Police uh, Fugitive Unit assigned to the troopers, uh, Mass State Police troopers, with the arrest. After being arrested, Kelly was turned over to the Cambridge Police. He was convicted as an armed career criminal back in 2011 and has also been categorized as a level three sex offender. Is that like a uh, busy guy? That's like the the career criminal, like the is it like the Boy Scouts where? Okay, now I have the level three sex offender label on top of my uh, burglaries, yep. my wire fraud, uh, all this other stuff. Is now, that kind of like a merit badge? Now I got to go for the trifecta of careers. Yeah, grand theft. Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's a he's a bad dude. Um. Yeah, but it, the career criminal. If you're if you're staying in homeless shelters, you're not very good at your your career. Well, no, actually, you are because what you're doing is you're on the move. They can't they can't pin you down to one address. Yeah, but if you're a career criminal and you're good at it, you'd be able to afford uh, you know fake IDs and things to for you to book hotel rooms. Not and- all career criminals are are making money. You know, not all crimes uh, get you money. I mean, he could be uh, he could be uh, sh- knocking stuff over, breaking stuff. Uh, Ripping mattress tags off. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that that could be exactly what he's doing. Going into a bedding store and ripping off all the tags. I'm not the consumer, and I'm going to rip this tag off. Yeah. Yep. There was a criminal in St. Francis Hospital the other night on a, on a gurney right across from me waiting in the hallway. He had his orange jumpsuit on and shackles on his ankles and hands while he was receiving his medical treatment are you sure that the shackles were not in fact the injury he sustained i'm pretty sure yeah so uh when you said take me to a good hospital that's where they brought you again say good i said take me wherever you think they will best you know i said you guys are the pros i'm i trust you and again remember the location this was you know east windsor or actually windsor locks so maybe that's the closest too. I don't know. Well, what? it's it's either that or Hartford Hospital, and I think St. Francis has the better ER. You could have said, "Take me to Bay State," and mm-hmm. uh, and they would have done that. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but it, um, but it's like being a visitor in uh, like another area and going, "Hey, uh, asking a local, hey, is right. there a good place to eat around here?" And mm-hmm. then they tell you the name of some crappy joint that you don't know it's crappy, right? right. Uh, and then you go up there and you're like, "This was horrible. Why would somebody suggest that?" And why do you think they would suggest that? Under the, just just to f with you? Yeah. yeah. So. Well, yeah. Well, I don't think professionals that are <laughs> employed by an EMT service are going to f with a customer. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you, you never, never know. know. They're like, Wait yeah, you know what? Uh, let's uh, let's send this guy. Wait to a minute, aren't radio. you that guy on the radio with Bax and O'Brien? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're we're taking you to a special <laughs> I, place. I could understand if they did that to one of you two guys, yeah, but I don't think uh, I've built up enough ha- hatred yet here yeah. in my small amount of time I've filled in. Doesn't take long. <laughs> it took me about. Six weeks, I think. It was uh, a long time ago, though, that back then the hate was a lot worse. 
Fearing a new refugee crisis, Turkey is reinforcing its border with Iran to stop a potential influx of Afghans fleeing the Taliban insurgency. Irregular arrivals are already up as Afghans who fled weeks and months ago show up at the rugged border area after a long trek across Iran. A group of Afghans encountered by the Associated Press near the border said they had deserted the Afghan military and fled the country as the Taliban offensive accelerated. One person from the group, Faroz Sikidi, uh, told the AP that they fled out of necessity after the Taliban took control of Afghanistan and expressed hope that Turkey accepts them. He explained that he had scaled a mountain to reach Turkey, enduring thirst and hunger. You know, um, I got to tell you, I, I can't even begin to try to imagine what it's like to, to live this way, but um, I am not a, a brave person, I can tell you that. Um they, they were just doing a story on the Today Show earlier. They're, um, first of all, they were talking to uh, like three Taliban members. It was a female reporter talking to these three Taliban members mm -hmm. and asking if it would be possible. Because the Taliban is, is making claims or promises you know, that they're going to be a little bit different. They're going to allow things they never allowed before. They're going to give women some rights that they never did before. Um, so this reporter is asking these Taliban members, you know, do you see the possibility of women being able to run for politics? And the three of them just start laughing and, and leaning on each other laughing. And, uh, and then they talked about how there was this group of women who, who actually began a demonstration against the Taliban saying, you know, women want rights and, they said within a few minutes, a, a vehicle full of Taliban members drove by and opened fire. <laughs> and a number of them were hit, and I think one or two were killed. And it's like, a, oh, I see they are turning over a new leaf. Yeah, they the didn't go back and make sure they killed everyone. The Taliban is like, I got your rights for you right here. Yeah. You're, you have a right to learn how to shoot this AK-47 and join us. In our campaign, here, learn how to shoot this baby. I, I just, you know, you can't, I can't imagine, obviously, you know, seeing those people the other day trying to grab onto that plane. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't know how you, whether your mind is so focused on getting out of the country, you're not even thinking about, if I could successfully hold on to this plane while it flew do do you not consider the possibility of the cold, the wind, the speed, and and all of that? Or? Again, though, it's it's the mentality of uh, maybe the plane will stop if there's somebody on the outside of it. Yeah, you know, stop before it took off. Oh, before it got off the ground. Yeah, I think I think some of those people were waiting. We're looking forward to it getting off the ground. It's a combination of desperation and ignorance, I think. Yeah. It's, it's extreme desperation, mm -hmm. and that just paints another picture of how bad it is mm -hmm. under Taliban rule versus what was in place for the last 20 years. And, you know, a couple of people, and I said this yesterday on the air because I read it somewhere, and a couple of other people said it to me during the day yesterday, and I, I don't know. I mean, you say, well, you know, 20 years is a long time to be fighting a war and, you know, they should be able to defend themselves by now. And yet here we are 70 years into still being in South Korea. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what happened at what point did we not say, you know, the South Koreans have their own military now, they should be able to defend themselves. And instead we're going to stay here. I mean, I know there were advantages to us being there, uh, to protect our interests, 
as opposed to only the what, Afghans' interests. Well, you also want to have, you know, troops in different locations, like you said, to protect our assets. So if there's something that happens immediately in that area, not necessarily with North Korea. Although, even if it is with North Korea, especially if you're dealing with a nuclear power, you know, a nuclear-capable country, I suppose you do want to maintain a presence there. If the Afghans had nukes, we'd probably be staying. Um... What was I? I was moving on to another story. Yeah, North Carolina has recently developed a dubious reputation as a regional destination for adults who want to marry children. State lawmakers are nearing passage of a bill that could dampen the state's appeal as the go-to place to bring child brides. The proposed legislation would raise the minimum marriage age from 14 to 16 and limit the age difference between a 16-year-old and their spouse to four years. A study by the International Center for Research on Women estimates there are nearly 8,800 minors were listed on marriage licenses in North Carolina from 2000 to 2015. That places the state among the top five with child marriages during that period. Of the state's child marriages through 2019, 93% involved adult spouses. My birth state, by the way. So in other words, a 40-year-old man can marry a 14-year-old in, uh, in North Carolina. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how we managed to stay so behind the times in some areas of such an advanced country. Yeah, it's um, it is weird to think that nobody caught this, you know, forty, fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. Going, uh, why is this still a thing? Why are we doing this? It's like uh, I was reading an article yesterday about uh, black real estate agents or 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 African Americans buying homes. And how there are still covenants in some places where uh, the covenant said that you could not sell this home to a minority. There's st- there's still a lot. There's still active in some places. I mean, obviously, there's this. Uh, the reason it was brought up is because there's this attempt to try to get rid of it. But the idea that we still are that some states are still allowed to bar minorities from buying homes and and still allowing adult people to marry minors i i you know just don't i don't get it i don't get it either and it's uh it's very surprising that this was still on the books and what you said you said something about of five states yeah there was uh, multiple states that were involved in that yeah. whole thing they ain't New England, I'll tell you that. Nope. Now it's all down south. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw. Let me get me a child bride. Yeah. Somebody to take mm-hmm. care of me mm-hmm. into my elder years. You're already in your elder years. Well, I'm just saying, I could use some extra help around here. Uh, police in Washington State, Yakima, Washington, to be exact. Yeah. Whatever. I got several calls yesterday morning after someone drove their SUV into a river. It happened at a slipway where you'd normally back your boat into the water, so they assumed the driver lost control or something, but when they got there, he was fine, and the front end of his Suburban was still in the river. Uh, turns Is it like out- that, uh, that family guy where Peter's trying to back the boat yeah. down the boat? No, 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 no. You got to turn to the right, to the right. It went on for like four minutes back in the thing. hysterical. Do you, do you want help with that? I've done this before. Get back in your car with your wife. 
Uh, it turned out he had replaced a part in his car himself, and his radiator needed water. So instead of pouring some in or coolant like you're supposed to, he took the cap off and dipped the entire front of the SUV into the river. And then they had to tow it out. Not clear if the car still runs or not. But what a dope. Yeah, there are there are some really stupid people. Out could, there. could you not go stop and buy a water bottle and do that? Well, that's like the time that... Uh, that Kramer filled Jerry's radiator with his blood because he needed because he needed a place to store it. Oh, you got a little bit of Kramer in <laughs> <Yeah>. you, buddy. <laughs> you got two pints of Kramer in you, buddy. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Going to be uh, cloudy today with some a chance of some rain showers and a high of 84. Tomorrow, lots of rain and some thunderstorms with a high of 81. It is 71 right now in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee, velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted, unlike the other iced coffees that are drum roasted. And that's your Fogbuster forecast and the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's summer at Table and... To Springfield's classic rock, it is uh, 7.57 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. And speaking of Tom Petty, we have uh, tickets for the Westfield River Brewfest, the Tom Petty Tribute. Uh, that's happening this weekend. Caller 10 at 293-1021 is going to win those tickets. Good luck from Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. You know, I have a relatively new, it is a new, uh, iPhone. Yeah. And uh, already the thing freezes constantly. Um, that's not good. I, I wouldn't think so. But I mean, are these the kinds of things you can take back and get a new one? Or they're going to give you a hundred different ways to try to fix it? Well, they'll probably try to give you a hundred different ways to fix it first before they issue you a new one. And if you recently got it, it should be protected under the plan or whatever. I would think so. And, and uh, you know, I'm curious to know what, uh, at least say, what are 10 of those 100 things? What do you mean? That I could try to do before I uh, return it. Uh, reboot? No. God, why is that always the answer to everything? Because sometimes that is the, the key, is the rebooting of the uh, of the iPhone. Uh, to, In other to words, it turning work. it off and then turning it back on. you got to do a hard reset. What does that mean? What type of phone you got? iPhone. iPhone, iPhone what? Uh, square. Uh, square? Yeah, it's a square phone. I know, but is it the 11? Is it the uh, It's uh, the 26? Yes. yes, this is an 11. I'm an 11. Hard reset. I like it. It says hard reset on it. I'm I'm hitting uh, I'm hitting the button, the one button, and all it's doing is look Pre- like it's recording me. Press and quickly release the volume up button. Press and quickly release the volume down button. Then press and hold the side button. And when the Apple logo appears, release the button. Fast on the top. Fast on the bottom. Holding the other one, and slide to power off. Yeah, that was a hard. Uh, that wasn't that hard. No, it wasn't that hard. No, not really. <laughs> not when Steve read it read it yeah. off to you. No. See. All right. Well, we'll see if that works. We'll when see. When do I turn it back on again? Like two days? Uh, no, you can turn it right back on right now. Right now? Right now. Oh man. See, it's All that right. quick. We'll see. We shall. It's uh, what eight o'clock at Rock One Hundred Two. <laughs> They do it with bulldozers, with fitness equipment. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock 809 and Van Halen on Rock 102. Uh, cloudy chance of showers today, but tomorrow looks like uh, more more like a rain out. Uh, although if it doesn't rain uh, later today, uh, 
Johnny Sixgun will be playing at the uh, Suffield Green, I believe, around 6 o'clock tonight. Um, you know, I was kind of looking forward to uh, – I, I was kind of happy to have had cancer <laughs> right at the time that the medical marijuana thing was getting started here in uh, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. And, and the truth of the matter is uh, I'm really kind of off the stuff. I mean, the cancer's still there, but the pot stuff – um, I, I, if you put a Bud Light, a Coors Light, and a Miller Light all in glasses with no labels, I don't think I could tell one from the other. Now, that doesn't mean I couldn't tell some beers from others, but but when you get to them being that close together alike, it's harder for me to tell them apart. Whether we're talking indica or sativa. No matter what the uh, alleged uh, potency levels are, Mm -hmm. I have found since I started uh, smoking that um, anything beyond two puffs, I can't get off the couch. I don't want to get up. I don't want to move. No, no, it's not. And that's that's kind of why I'm I'm talking about this right now. I and I've asked a hundred times different people. How can I get something that's just good enough to take the edge off and still leave me functional? And, you know, I've gotten a thousand different pieces of advice. So I saw this article this morning, um, working out high, more people are turning to marijuana while exercising during the pandemic. A runner's high is a common thing people feel during the workouts, but it appears now many people are also getting high for their exercise routines. A new survey reveals more than two in five exercise enthusiasts who use marijuana during the workout and have turned to even more so because of the pandemic. Yeah, um, they're probably microdosing. That that whole thing where you're taking only like two and a half milligrams of a five milligram gummy, you're only taking half of it. It's not like you're you're... You're smoking, and then, like you said, uh, the indica, which uh, is indicouch, as it's referred to. Uh-huh. Uh, you're you're taking a, a, a sativa, and you're you're taking just a small dose of it, just to relax your muscles a little bit, so you can focus. Yeah, still, forty five percent of respondents use both CBD and THC. Twenty nine percent only use THC, and twenty six percent use CBD. Uh, studies find CBD possibly helps the body and mind in various ways and uh, that CBD users opt to have their cannabis products after a workout. 71% say after the workout. Yeah, I think that would be the better relax your muscle thing. Nearly half of the THC users use it before or after the exercise. So years ago, well, not really that many years ago, maybe about three years ago, mm. I was uh, doing that whole running thing and yep. 5Ks and whatnot. Uh, I said, to, I, I had heard about this. Uh, oh, yeah, man, if you, uh, if, you, uh, if you do smoke or eat edibles before you go for a run, you're going to feel great because mm. you get that runner's high, but you're already high, you know what I mean? Mm. So, uh, so I, uh, I took a couple of hits off, the, off a little vape pen, then did my run, right? And I'm running along, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> and I, I was like, man, I must have been out here for like 
45 minutes. And I looked down at the at the clock. I was out there for four minutes. Uh-huh. And then I was like, I, I need to go back home. Yeah. And I <laughs> need a ride no way home. I'm gonna, I was like, I need something to eat. Yeah. And a ride <laughs> home, not running home. Right. Interestingly, a pre- or post-workout high isn't exactly helping people get excited for the next morning run. 48% of THC users, 29% of CBD users say cannabis is the only way they get motivated to exercise. But nearly 42% admit that the marijuana habit actually makes them more lethargic as they exercise. Yeah. As for what marijuana users like to do to stay fit, walking, running, and lifting weights are the most common uh, for the cannabis-fueled workout. THC users opt to walk or run while high. CBD users would rather walk and lift weights. Uh, I'm being told that if you use a hybrid, then that's better than using uh, one strain or the other. A mix of both will uh, prevent you from being anxious or paranoid. See, two things. This is what got that sprinter Shikari Richardson in trouble with the U.S. Olympic Committee because she tested positive for pot. And how is it helping you in athletic performance? I don't buy it, John. And I've got a buddy of mine who when he goes out on his bicycle, he has either coffee or Coca-Cola before he goes out, so it gives him a jolt of caffeine. Or a Red Bull. Yeah, he works out harder, he thinks, when he does that. Oh, were you high yesterday? No, I was not. You using the wrong (laughs) arm to signal your turns? Monday, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, Um, thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, so now somebody else is saying, oh, the hybrid. I I just, I'm telling you, it's it's like the light beer. I have not seen, I have not felt a difference from one strain to the next, or or and um, what's his name? Seth Rogen. I remember reading an article about him. He said he's high all day, mm-hmm. all day long, from the time he wakes up in the morning till he goes to bed at night. Phenomenal. And and he's obviously very productive. I mean, he's got his hands in the, in about a thousand different projects all at the same time. I just I can't imagine getting high and doing anything productive. Mm-hmm. And I've believe me, I've thought about it a few times about smoking just before the show and then seeing what kind of effect it has on the show. But with a guy like Seth Rogan, I I can't imagine smoking an entire joint. You know, I mean, I brought one joint with us to to uh to um Block Island and God knows I should have smoked it before I got on the ferry. Maybe I wouldn't have thrown up all over myself. Um, and we probably smoked most of this joint, but that's the most, you know what? It wasn't even half. Now that I think about it, it wasn't even half. I know of a prominent morning radio team in Albany years ago who shall go nameless Mason and Sheehan. And they used to toke up in the parking lot before every show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had high ratings. Ha ha. See what I I did there? (laughs) I, uh, I've thought about it, but, um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I certainly should have done it while I was home. That would have been a better idea. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I'm, I don't know how these people say, oh, yeah, if you smoke pot, and then you'll be uh, more lifting weights. I'm ba- I can barely lift myself off the couch. Yeah. Again, I, uh, again uh, if you had me use any kind of product before doing a workout, I wouldn't want to do the workout. I just want to go and sit and relax and listen to some music, maybe. Even if you're doing the sativa, 
which is supposed to be the one that gives you more energy. Yeah, but so the the hybrid thing they're saying mix the two. Yeah, I know. Or buy a strain that has both in it. You know. Yeah, like but you're saying then that way you'll you'll kill the anxiety, but you'll supposedly still have energy. Supposedly, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I've, again, I'm like you. If I I either get high or I don't. Right. I mean, I have I have noticed the difference between the sativa and the indica. Like if I want to like go to sleep at night, I'll take like an India or indica gummy, mm-hmm. uh, and you know that makes me sleep pretty well throughout the night without any kind of adverse effects to it. But I prefer a lorazepam. Well, that'll work too. Yeah. Hey, yeah. P- Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Doc Ellis threw a no hitter on acid one time on acid on acid on acid, yeah. and you know Bill the spaceman Lee for the Red Sox. I think pretty obvious what he was doing before and after every game. Yeah, I can't. I have never. Uh, I never took acid, so I don't know what that's. What that Nor did I. Like. Nor did but I. Uh, I, I do want to take. Um, I do want to try the uh, psilocybin, the mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. I got. I, uh, I got mushrooms growing in my yard. If you want some, I actually have some. Somebody gave me some psilocybin. Oh, that's but, that's not legal in the state yet, right? Not yet. In uh, uh, I think in Oregon they but, are. But uh, yeah, for uh, for therapy for mm-hmm. under uh, doctor's care, but. Um, but the it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting just to eat it. I mean, you're you're supposed to you're supposed to chew it, and you know chew it good. You know, just hmm. try to chew it to to a swallowable level. You're supposed to really chew it to get what's in it out of it, and it's just so gross. Ugh. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, eating spinach or something. You know, you vile weed. It's good for you, but you just got to get it down your gully. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it really it is. Have you? But you haven't tried it. So how do you know it tastes like crap? No, I I did try it once. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. And but, how about the effects? Uh, well, because I was nervous, so I didn't take a lot, and I was told I didn't take enough because I really <laughs> didn't get the effect. You didn't get any kind of uh, feeling, or uh, yeah, with the mushrooms, you're supposed to get a trip. You're supposed to trip on this stuff, and I did not. 22 at Rock 102. So I saw uh, earlier today on the Today Show um, that they are saying now that we will need to continue to wear masks while flying or or other public transportation Mm -hmm. uh, until January 18th. Ooh. I don't know. uh, I don't know how they picked that date. I don't know why you wouldn't say January 1st. Well, is is it one of those we'll review this again on January eighteenth? No, they're thing? saying until the eighteenth. They're not even saying you know we'll uh, we'll reassess at that point. Maybe they're expecting X amount of people to get vaccinated. Yada yada yada. Yeah. In fact, um, I'm thinking now that um, I thought they said that CVS or Walgreens is giving the vaccine, and I'm thinking I should go get my third. Or is the 18th around the time of the presidential address, and they're mm. holding it off okay. until then so we can have a big I, victory speech from I, the president? I don't understand this booster thing. Is it available already? For people like me, yes. For uh, people that are immune compromised, and I believe for the elderly, um, it is. But I think I'll wait and get it uh, tomorrow. That way, if I have any effects, side effects, if I get sick, I get a three-day weekend. But what happened to the eight-month thing? It, it's uh, it 
Oh, you mean eight months after you got? Yeah, yeah that's when the booster is supposed to be. That's, you didn't get your eight months ago. Um, I got it. Uh, no, not quite eight. It'll be eight soon. Ah, but I will. Um, but I will do it on a Thursday so I can take Friday off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, plus you know, if you're like backs and you need two days off from the side effects, <laughs> at least I'll only be taking one work day. Yeah, I uh, I suffered the effects on a weekend. Yeah. So, because I'm a I'm a company man. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah, uh, I, I towed that company line all day long. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking of which, I I needed uh, I needed some Advil here before. Right. And I go upstairs into the uh, the first aid kit. All the medication that we have available is expired from three years ago. Oh, I'm not surprised. Is it still safe to take that? Over the counter stuff? I mean, Dave, yeah, probably. Dave here was nice enough to go get me some of his own Advil yeah. uh, because he's uh, drugged up now from all those injuries that he's yeah, got. Yeah, got anything oh. you need. Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. feel like I'm the only one who's not under the influence. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, how good is that stuff? What's the, I mean, they put expiration dates on those things, so you have to go out and buy more. Right. They want you to buy more. I, I don't know. Um, uh, it's <laughs> so. You just made me think of this other thing I saw on John Oliver the other night. Mm-hmm. They they had a reenactment of when one of the Sacklers, uh, the Sackler people are the ones who make uh, OxyContin, and they were found to be you know very much responsible for the opioid epidemic, and they paid tens of millions of dollars in fines. But the uh, testimony of uh, of one of them was was reenacted. They did it three times. Once it was Brian Cranston, once it was uh, Michael Keaton, and once it was, um, oh, damn it, how can I not remember his name now? Richard, he's uh, he's an actor. Richard Lewis, Richard Hatch. No. no. Richard Burton. Ri- ri- mm. Richard Harris. He's a very, he's got a very strange uh, mouth, and... Um, Richard Dreyfus. No... Uh, God, I, I just, I was just looking at it last night. Um, but he was hysterical because there's a part where he just keeps going. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. And you know, when they're asking him if he knows all these things about how many millions of pills and how much money they made. Oh, now it's going to drive me crazy. What his name was. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't David Carradine. No, I already said Richard. Uh, Mark Curry? N- no, no. Uh, Richard Greco? Okay, you you can um you can stop. Scott Bayo? Yes, that's it. That was it. All right, Richard can- Gear? No, no. It's uh what a one oh two, and it is time for news. The Taliban have violently broken up a protest in eastern Afghanistan, quashing a rare public show of dissent. That uh, comes as they uh, met. As they met Wednesday with Afghan officials from the Western-backed government, they toppled. The insurgents' every action and their sudden sweep to power is being watched very closely. They insist that they have changed and won't impose the same draconian restrictions they did when they last ruled Afghanistan, all but eliminating women's rights, carrying out public executions, and harboring al-Qaeda in the years before the 9-11 attacks. And yet that protest you're talking about was the one I was talking about earlier this morning where Presumably, they did a drive-by. This was a group of women that were protesting, and they opened fire on them. 
So I don't know what behavior they're claiming to change. But uh, many Afghans remain deeply skeptical, and the violent response to Wednesday's protest could only fuel their fears. Uh, just, I can't imagine living like that. I know. Well, we almost were. Yeah. Uh, um, the just you know the idea that that first of all the government's gone. You know the the whole government, not just the president, but the whole government fled. So now you've got these these militants uh, back after twenty years of training and and uh, you know getting their minds all set to to live this way, and now they're in charge. I just it's. It's hard to believe. The uh, Longmeadow Board of Health announced Tuesday that they voted to mandate face masks in public indoor spaces. This decision comes after the Longmeadow Board of Health met Monday night in response to the recent increase in COVID-19 cases. Masks are now required regardless of vaccination status to, uh, to in all public places, including private places that are open to the public for those over five years old. Currently, the mandate includes, but not limited to, town buildings, schools, restaurants, bars, indoor performance and event venues, gyms, fitness clubs, salons. Strip clubs. Oh, yeah, there's that big strip club on uh, yeah. on Longmeadow Street. Yeah. Yep. What's that called? Uh, Gold's. Yes. <laughs> uh, and places of worship, uh, which you will have to wear a gold mask if you're in Longmeadow. Yes, of course. You can't wear one of those paper ones. No, please. Oh, you're not wearing your paper mask or your... Your cloth mask. They'll look down their nose at you, even though you won't be able to see their nose. Yeah, you need a thin veil of gold covering your mm-hmm. face. Um, but, you know, that's going to be happening all over. There's a lot of places that are implementing uh, masks uh, wearing again. I yep. believe Northampton uh, did it. They just showed a headline, but I thought they were already doing this. Um, uh, Connecticut schools are mandating it. What about the Connecticut School of Broadcasting? Uh, probably not, since you, it's hard to broadcast with a mask on. Is it? Yes, of course. You see reporters on national TV news reporting with masks on, which is stupid to me. Yeah, yeah it is a little silly. Well, I guess it depending on where you are, right? Right, and who you're surrounded by. Uh, the th- uh, three Hamden County cities discuss ways to prevent illegal dirt biking, calling it a public safety issue. Law enforcement is stepping up their efforts to get these illegal dirt bikes off city streets. Police in Chicopee, Holyoke, and Springfield are going to operate it as an expanded task force to put a stop on illegal dirt bike riders that continue to be a major issue. But I thought it was uh, not going to let them catch, you know, not going to let them catch the mid uh, the dirt bike rider. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. State police will also help in these efforts. All three mayors of those cities, along with law enforcement, met on Monday to pledge a regional plan. Springfield City Councilors have uh, refiled a bill that would allow police to confiscate and destroy illegal dirt bikes. Mayors or acting mayors. I know what you're getting at, the guy in Holyoke. Yep. City leaders are still waiting for approval of the Springfield Home, Room, home Rule, Rule Bill. Yeah. Uh, Springfield City Council continues to debate an ordinance that would ban dirt bikers from refueling at local gas stations. The owner of Pride in the past uh, expressed opposition to that ban. Police are not specifying exactly how they will be teaming up, saying they don't want to give away their tactics. Yeah, well, uh, one one of the more effective ways uh, I think that they've used before was, although it seems ridiculously expensive, is the state police helicopter. Um, but also, I mean, if you can use a helicopter, you can use a drone. 
And and it seems to me the drones would be the best thing to do. And, and, and I'm sure they are. I mean, I know they have a drone, so I'm sure they're using that as well. And, you know, obviously it's not to stop the biker. It's to track the biker so that you can then see where he goes so that you can go and get the bike and hopefully the operator as well. But, um, you know, like we've said before, they're not going to chase them. Uh, it's just there's too much of a public safety issue for the police to be chasing bikes in police cruisers. If the police have a bike and and can go and, you know, keep up with these guys long enough to catch them, that's a different story. But that's why these kids are doing this. They know the cops aren't going to chase them. Yeah, and when you're, um, you know, with a giant group of people, you're mm-hmm. more likely to get away. Sure. As opposed to just, uh, you know, having a... Uh, doing it by yourself. Yeah. yeah. The, I, uh, I'd be the one who got caught. You'd be the last There could one. be 40 of us, and I'd be the one that got caught. Well, what about all those other bikes? Oh, you were the slowest. Yeah, you were the slowest. Because you couldn't figure out how to put mm-hmm. it in gear. Yep. The uh, city council uh, in Springfield approved special permits on Monday for two new fast food restaurants in the South End and Liberty Heights needed for drive-up windows. The council vote was unanimous for a Burger King and drive-up window at uh, 1259 East Columbus Avenue, pl- planned by... Colvis Columbus Springfield LLC at Union Street and for a Kentucky Fried Chicken at 64 St. James Boulevard in Liberty Heights proposed by Holyoke Retail LLC of the Colvis Group. You know, a lot of these places, I don't not it doesn't say specifically about these. They're starting to turn to all drive-through. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking about this off the air the other day. Yeah. There's a Dunkin Donuts in Westfield that was right on East Main Street and uh, that has turned into a uh, it's a drive-through only. only. They knocked yep. the entire building down, built a brand new one. It's smaller, obviously, in in size, mm-hmm. but enough for now cars to go yep. in and out. They got one in Enfield as well. It's, this, this Burger King is going to go into the building next door to the Berkshire Bank building directly in front of MGM, which is going to make that intersection a nightmare. Um. Isn't it already a nightmare? Yes. Well, uh, when you take a nightmare and you make it worse, it's still a nightmare, but it's a worse one. I've noticed, like the, the Starbucks on Columbus Avenue, like the traffic backs up in onto Columbus Avenue mm-hmm. when people are waiting for that drive-through line. Yep. I yep. I don't know how you know they start approving these things, knowing that at busy times of the day. These lines are going to be backed up out into the street. Yeah, they don't care. But for all the, you know, if you got Netta up in Northampton, has to have police there all right. the time, round the clock. It's like why don't they? And 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 it's easy to get in and out of there now. Yeah. But you're talking about a, a major thoroughfare through downtown Springfield mm-hmm. being blocked up all the time because they're like the honey badger; they don't give enough. Yeah, but you'd think somebody would say, uh, isn't this going to cause a little bit of problems? And they're going, yeah. Well, honey, badger don't give enough. A uh, small Texas school district has uh, made facial coverings part of its dress code in a bid to get around Governor Greg Abbott's executive order banning mask mandates. Yeah, by the way, uh, Governor Abbott was diagnosed yesterday as COVID positive. Yeah, and then on, they show a picture of him on Sunday uh, hugging all these yeah. mucky mucks and yep. all this other stuff. Uh, The board of the Paris Independent School District, which has about 4,000 students, said in a statement Tuesday that the governor's order does not usurp its ability to manage schools. Usurp. Unsurp. 
It says UNSERP? I'm reading this from 22. Oh, all right, yeah. Uh, well, the board believes the dress code can be used to mitigate communicable health issues and therefore has amended the uh, PISD dress code to protect our students and employees. I mean, I don't even know how you SERP to well, be able to unSERP. You need a lot of balance on a, on a SERP board. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Well, you never heard the Beach Boys with the SERP in USA? I, I have not uh, heard yeah. that. Or uh, Jan and Dean's SERP City, Here We Come. SERP and Safari, I think, yeah. another big hit. Yeah. Uh, the measure, which read for health reasons, marks. Uh, I'm sorry, for health reasons, masks are required for all employees and students to mitigate flu, cold, pandemic, and any other communicable diseases. Uh, will be revisited at every monthly trustee meeting and could be changed later. I can't help but just you know chuckle just a little bit when these people, um, particularly politicians, who uh, are so against masks, then get diagnosed with COVID. Just a, just a little bit of an irony there. Yeah, it's irony, but it's just like, when are you going to start learning that? You know what I mean? Like, Well, that's what I mean. You, you'd think that once they had it and realized what it felt like, although most of them, although from what I read, Trump was in pretty bad shape uh, when he was diagnosed, when got, he was in the hospital. They got the uh, hydrochloroquine cor- or whatever yeah. the heck it was there. Yeah. And, and remdesivir, yeah. Uh, but he was he was in bad shape. But you know, some of these other guys, uh, it's it's pretty mild for them. So they're not they don't get the full appreciation of how bad it is. Um, as long as we're talking about drugs and medicine, to answer your question, Steve, from before about uh, your expired Advil or whatever you found mm-hmm. upstairs, yeah. Studies have shown that much of the original potency remains years after the yeah. expiration yeah. date. It says most medicines stored under reasonable conditions retain at least 70 to 80% of their original yeah. potency for at least one to two years. Which just means you have to take two. Yeah. Or twice as many. Yeah. Not dangerous, usually. No. So. Clam chowder! <laughs> With in-flight confrontations on the rise, United Airlines has uh, sent a memo to its crew members on their protocol for dealing with unruly passengers. In the memo obtained by ABC News from United Senior Vice President of In-Flight Services John Slater, the airline said there are designated items on board a flight that may be used in a difficult situation. And alternative measures such as tape should never be used, the memo said. Really? Slater said a few airlines recently made news uh, about the way they've handled situations on board, linking it to a story about a July 31st incident on a Frontier Airlines plane. He said United crews have relied on all aspects of in-flight safety training, including de-escalation. This is, they're talking about that kid who was uh, duct-taped yeah. to the chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but. Well, it's, it's, like, you know, it's like when we talked to Cheryl Clapperud the last time, and they said, if if you're in a the police are trained to use things like batons and mace and and uh, tasers and and things like that and the policy is that those are the weapons of choice and you escalate from one to the next depending on how much the confrontation escalates but if you're in a life or death struggle, as I said to her the last time, you know, if there's a brick nearby, if you're about to be choked out by some suspect who's on top of you and you can't get to your mace, your your taser, or your baton because you can't reach to your waist and there's a brick lying next to you, you grab the brick and you hit the guy with it. You've never been trained to do that, but it's a last-ditch effort. If you're fighting with an out-of-control passenger on an airplane, of course there are... 
zip ties somewhere on that plane. But if this person is such a danger to the people sitting around them and the, and the fastest possible way you have to restrain them is duct tape, then you use it. I don't, I don't get what they're, you know, I, I'm sure they're just trying to emphasize the fact that we do have other methods and we prefer to use those given the opportunity. But if you don't have a if you don't have a chance to do that, you don't do it. Yeah, the guy that was duct taped was identified as 22 year old Maxwell Wilkinson Berry of Norwalk, Ohio, and was charged with three counts of battery. Berry had uh, had had two drinks, spilled a third on himself, was wandering the cabin shirtless, and groped the breast of two female flight attendants, according to the report by the Miami Dade Police Department. He had two drinks on the plane, almost three. But, but they but they said he was also drinking in the airport. Yeah. The uh, report said the third flight attendant asked him several times to calm down and remain seated, and the passenger punched him in the face with a closed fist. And then the flight attendant uh, and nearby passengers restrained the defendant and had to tape him down to the seat and tie him with a seatbelt extender for the remainder of the flight. Yeah, and hopefully somebody got a couple of shots in there on him, too. I remember I saw another video from a different angle with this guy, mm-hmm. and he's like, he f- he must have licked his lips enough to get the tape moist so he could speak mm. and he's like help help me who's he thinks is gonna help him i don't and then you can hear a voice go oh now you want help mm. right right <laughs> like that's yeah. that's what i would say once somebody is restrained and they're no longer a danger to right. me i'd be like yeah who's the big tough guy now huh? that's what i mean i hope somebody got a few shots in there too uh your pioneer valley forecast today gonna be uh partly cloudy to mostly sunny with a high of 85 could see a chance of some thunderstorms later today uh tomorrow thunderstorms and rain high of 82 it is 73 right now in downtown springfield i'm steve nagel and that's the news on rock 102 ah yeah hey guys this is dean rowan co-founder co-owner of treehouse brewing company back in the day Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It is 8.51 and Black Sabbath on Rock 102. Uh, timing. Here we go. I had asked say you, that again. I said perfect timing. Uh, mm-hmm. I asked you how much time was left in the song because I was eating one of these cupcakes that Judy uh, Matt Bryan. <laughs> you said 38 seconds. Boom. I got it down. <laughs> and in the studio with us this morning is the lovely Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield and uh, talking about the big pancake breakfast that is finally going to happen. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about Bright Nights tonight. <laughs> well, it starts this evening? It starts tomorrow, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Judy, what uh, what is this like? Is it is it a weird feeling? I mean, the pancake breakfast has been going on for how many years? Um, I'd say nearly 30 years. And always in May, right? Always in May. So it is very unusual with, with everything, you know, but... Uh, Oh, we've got all the volunteers. We're very lucky. We have oh, several hundred volunteers. And, and, you know, in one day, we got all the product for the breakfast. One day, once it was announced, from Hood, the 1,000 gallons of milk and juice, and Smithfield gave us 1,000 pounds of bacon. I mean, in one day, they gave, everybody stepped up to the plate because I think people wanted to make sure the, the tradition continued. Well, I mean, and you knew very, very late. Oh, yeah. That you were going to be able to do the 4th of July fireworks. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, remind me, because I forget, was it was it known months before May that we were not going to be able to do this this year in May? Oh, yes. It oh, was. Yes. Oh, yes. We, yeah. um, that was can- we postponed it, and, but we were hoping that we could do it in the fall mm-hmm. when the kids went back to school or after, because we just didn't want to stop any of the traditions, because a right. lot of people 
this is a I hate to say it, but this is like a, a special for them. And not everybody has the means to go to the Cape or go away. And these are some of the little things that people can do to make them feel part of the community. And then how nervous were you getting uh, a few weeks ago when the surge re-began? Still nervous. Yeah. Still nervous yeah. every day. But we've got everything lined up. Um, we're telling people to, who are not vaccinated to please wear masks. We're going to have masks at all the coffee juice stations. And we have two vaccination stations which we're going to have one from the Caring Health Center and one from Bay State Health, Health New England, uh, with the Monarch uh, people. So they're going to be either end of the street, offering every kind of incentive from tickets to Six Flags to $25 gift cards to um, Big Y. and um, See, John, that's where you should go for your booster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, will, there be, will you have, like, syringes filled with maple syrup, too? Uh, how did you know that? Yeah, yeah. How did you know? Yeah. I thought we'd tie in with the whole theme. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. a great Pancakes. Yeah, we were thinking the same way. Pancakes shaped like the COVID uh, germ. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we haven't thought of that. But. Yeah, see? I'm thinking, Judy, I'm always thinking. I used to make them in the shape of animals for my boy when he was young, but I don't know. <laughs> see? So, uh, and, and you know, uh, I, I have to admit, long before COVID came along, uh, I would find myself at the pancake breakfast trying to socially distance an awful lot anyway. <laughs> because he doesn't like people. No, they, well, you know, I mean, they, it attracts all kinds. I mean, maybe they were socially distancing from themselves from you. Well, that that, <laughs> that might have been. I think that's a better excuse. What kind of uh, what kind of entertainment you got lined up? There's usually something going on there on the uh, yeah. on the corner of Court Street and Main. Usually, you're there. So that's mm-hmm. entertainment. No, we have uh, different dance groups from the city, young people coming in. And uh, the police are having oh, several exhibits. The fire department, uh, the National Guard has got exhibitry. And it, it, lots of fun things are going to go Lots of fun things are going to go on. You know, so, I think this is also the perfect way to stop those dirt bikers <sighs> from going up and down the streets is by putting out long lines of tables. tables. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I see them periodically, but it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, reticent about this, just like everybody else. And uh, I think we're going to have, like, for the Fourth of July. You were there. It was hardly the single biggest crowd we have ever had. Mm. People were just so anxious to get out. And I'm thinking we're going to have a great turnout. And can I just say it's important to note that children are free and they do not need a ticket every year in may we send out all the tickets so that the kids have them in their hands you know mm-hmm. but we, the kids aren't in school so we couldn't do that so ch- children are free children are free it and looks ch- like saturday could be very nice in the morning yes, might be yes. uh, might be th- uh, showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon but that'll be long after the pancake breakfast is it'll, over it'll clean the street yeah and judy thanks for bringing the food samples with you this morning <laughs> you mentioned a couple of the different vendors how many v- different food vendors are providing food well um, we do all the cooking. Mercy makes all the batter. Uh, the sheriff's department is cooking the 1,000 pounds of bacon. Wow. And then they're delivering it to MGM, who's going to put it in the refrigerator. Then they're going to warm it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have just nearly 200 people actually in the process. Wow. So there's an awful lot. And uh, Cabot Butter, everybody donates all their products. Mm-hmm. So uh, we you wouldn't know, be able to do it without them. Speaking of the sheriff, the the, uh, the picnic is today. Yep, the big uh, barbecue. The big barbecue. Oh, yeah. Can you get leftovers from <laughs> Nick Kochi? I'm sure he could bring I, over some hamburgers and hot dogs and uh, all like that, that stuff. He can ma- match be, that up with the pancake. I'd be surprised if they have leftovers. They're probably not going to be yeah. any leftovers. Yeah. No, but I, they're going to have 
Are they going to have a good day? I think they're yeah, going to have a good yeah, day. They, yeah. Well, then they're having uh, the golf tournament is right is right now. They yeah. usually do a golf tournament in the yeah. morning and then start the uh, picnic up around noon. Yeah. Um, so you, and you'll have a good day too, Judy, because yeah. we know you got that inside line to God. We need it. We need it because everybody. We need it for the people coming down and all the hard work that's gone into it. Mm-hmm. So we're we're really looking forward to it because we're starting to set up right nights. And, uh, no, I'm only kidding. I you know. know please, you know I always say it's, that. it's 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 you know, <laughs> but it always seems. When do they start putting it together? In October, October right? October, right? Yeah, it's and not that far away. I know, <laughs> but I know. but you know, we we joke a lot about you know how early they you know they start setting that up. <laughs> but honestly, that was one of the things last year that kind of kept people. Uh, you know, uh, there was nothing else to do. Yeah. So that was an activity for a lot of families to do, and that was mm-hmm. pretty successful from what. I recall, right? Well, you know, except for the first year in 1995, it was the second biggest year we ever had. Yeah. Wow. People were just so anxious to get out. Mm -hmm. And people were waving. They're happy. The only problem we had, we had very long lines, and we had to cut it off, as you recall, because we were mandated to be out of the park by 10. By who? <laughs> but, I don't know. But I, but I think you and the, and the the whole crew down there do a fantastic job yeah. getting the community events together and, and bringing people together Thank for you. Springfield, especially. And then as much as John doesn't like hanging out with people, <laughs> no, or nobody wants to hang out with him. Uh, the pancake breakfast is uh, it's a great time down there. Yeah, it's and nice. It's gonna it's gonna be a good day this Saturday. Yeah, Judy, gonna... I would I want to see a standoff this year. Okay. You're mandated to be out of the park by ten. I want to see you guys there at ten fifteen, telling, seeing who's going to come and stop us, who's going to come and move us. I mean, I know your police detail probably stops at ten o'clock. No, you're talking about bright nights. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, and the cops. Honest to God, I never saw the cops do a better job because people were so upset because the lines were so long and they couldn't get in. And I think they did a remarkable job. I really do. Mm-hmm. Their patience. I don't know how they kept it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, thank you for letting me be on, and hopefully we'll have good weather. And I'll see you for the next big event. Should be a good time, Judy. Thanks for coming in. Okay. Bye bye. It's uh, 8.58 at Rock 102.